Hello and welcome to the WRTE's podcast for sportswomen, bringing you insight and analysis on major events unfolding and shining a spotlight on champions of women's sport on and off the pitch. Now, as well as being an Ireland football star, our next guest recently helped North Carolina Courage to a second successive National Women's Soccer League title in the United States and was named the club's MVP for the second year in a row. Denise O'Sullivan, welcome to the W. You are one of the, um, you've had one of the most interesting careers in football and you are still only 25 you've achieved so much where did your love of football come from um I would say probably from my family um, my five brothers played soccer growing up and one of my brothers was part of the junior Irish team as well so I think I got my motivation from them and I really looked up from that up to them growing up so I think that's where I got it from did you spend a lot of time kicking a ball around with them as well I did um on the streets honestly playing with all the boys my brothers putting jumpers down as goalposts back then and stuff. So I'd be out there for hours playing soccer with them and just enjoying myself. We look now around in women's sport and there's so many heroes for young girls, whether it be on the Irish women's football team, the hockey team, GAA. Now more than ever, we can actually see women's sports stars. Who were your heroes growing up? Um, for soccer, I would say um, Yvonne Tracy, Kara Grant, uh, those kind of players. And then eventually I got to play with them in the end. So I think that was a huge thing for me. I really looked up to them. And when I came into the national team set up, they were, they were very experienced players. And, you know, they gave me advice. They looked after me and took me under their wing, to be honest. So when you were young and you were looking at women's football and, or the bits that you could see definitely on a global stage, what was your perception like? And did you ever think that you could go on and have a professional career? Um, I always thought I, I could, to be honest. I always believed in myself, but I was a big family girl at the time when I was young, so I didn't really see myself uh, leaving to go anywhere. And I think I got to a stage where I was about 17 years old, and that's when I really believed that I could make a career out of this when I went over to Glasgow City and then went on to America. So just take it back a little bit. What was your journey into professional football like? like when did you kind of start on, on those kind of first steps into the pathway that, that led you to where you are now? Uh, growing up, I played for a boys team to start off with uh, New Farm Athletic down in Cork. And um, then I went on to Wilton, the Cork women's team. And I think when I got involved with that Cork women's team and played all over Ireland, um, it's when I really started to believe in myself that I wanted uh, to go on, go on to a professional career. And then I got that call when I was 17 to go over to Glasgow City. Um, I think it took me a while to, to really make up my mind. I was really scared and didn't want to leave home, but made a decision that I needed to. It was time to go over and, and start my career. When America came calling, first was Houston Dash, and it was probably a very difficult time for you, I'd imagine, because you signed your first contract, and at that same time, then your father passed away. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was um, it was a roller coaster, to be honest. Um, it was always a dream of mine to go and play in America. Um, so I was really excited to go over there, but then, obviously, my dad fell sick, and... A few days, a few days before I was supposed to go to America, that's when he passed away. So obviously I didn't I didn't want to leave at that stage. My mom was very upset and all my family as well, but they supported me and they really wanted me to go. So it was time to go over there. But it was a difficult period for sure, going somewhere by yourself. Um, it was a lonely stage and an upsetting stage. But um, I think I, you know, I grew as a person from that. Those that first or that time in Houston Dash, it was it was quite rocky time in general for you. Though managers changing and like I know that you really wanted to get that game time and it wasn't easy for you. Yeah, it wasn't. I think the the first year went really well and that was thanks to Randy Waldrum, who uh, the coach at the time, who originally signed me for that team. So I'll be always thankful for him. But um, going into the second year, there was a, a change of coach and look different coaches like different players and I just wasn't I just wasn't. Uh, 
I guess up to his standard at the time. So I didn't I didn't really play. I started to come on games two three minutes and um, I got really unhappy there. I think coming back to national team, I wasn't at my best playing, and I think that was a huge thing thing for me to come back. And I always wanted to be be at my best playing for national team, and I wasn't. So that's when I got the courage to say, "Look, I'm unhappy here. Can you can you release me?" That's a great word you use there, the courage, because you'd ended up going to the Courage North Carolina Courage. Tell me how that move came about. Um, it was at the time when I when I asked the Dash to release me. Um, it's called a waiver list in America. You go out on that list and within 24 hours, teams need to come in for you. Um, so I was in Chicago at the time and I was sitting having a coffee and the coach from North Carolina called me, Paul Riley, and said, look, you come down here, I promise I'll give you game time. So trusted his word three days later I was on the flight down to North Carolina and ever since it's been great I think we probably over here don't even understand how competitive the league in America is like you know we saw the USA playing in the Women's World Cup we hear the big names we see the girls coming from all over best players in the world go to play there but you've managed to you managed to get yourself into that starting 11 like that was the first step how did you do that um, when I got there, it obviously took me a good few months to get used to the team, get used to the standard. It was a very high standard when I went there and I really needed to get used to that. And um, I don't know, just after a few months, I broke into the starting 11. I think I just put my head down. I worked hard and um, I think I probably impressed the coach, obviously. So he put me in the starting 11 and uh, from there on, it just went up. I think you're selling yourself a little bit short there saying you impressed the coach. He recently gave an interview and he said, what a player this young lady is. Oh my God, she's improved so much of the whole team. She's the one player that we can't play without. Paul Riley said that about you. That's impressive. It is impressive coming from Paul. He's uh, one of the best coaches in the world. So um, I think he really believed in me. Um, it's something I didn't have at the dash coming in here. So I think that was really important. And obviously all the, the girls as well, they welcomed me with open arms and He's really pushed me on as a player and um, he demands the best out of me every single day and, and that's something I need and you know I, I, he will keep doing that so I'm in, I'm in a very good place. He changed the way you play as well positionally like tell me about that. Yeah um, I originally went there as a number 10 attacking midfielder and I think at the time um, I was finding it hard to put the ball in the back of the net so uh, Paul as he is he wanted to get the best out of me as a player so he, he changed me to a number 6 defensive midfielder and it took me a while to transition into that position. Um, obviously, you're deeper in the field. It's a more of a risk getting on the ball and stuff. So I had to get used to that. But um, I quickly got used to it. And ever since, I, I love playing there. Like when you look at the, the girls that play over there, like a lot of them are quite big and physical. And um, for anyone that doesn't know, Denise, you're, you're about five foot four, yeah. like tiny, but like obviously very, very strong at the same time. Like, is it is it difficult to play in, in the league, just considering the that like you are one of the, the slighter players? Um, yeah, I think at the start it was. Um, I kind of got a, a bit of a shock, I think, going in there, playing against these players who were very strong. And at the time, I used to really go to the gym or anything like that. It wasn't really in me. But um, as the time went on, I started to go to the gym a lot um, to get strengthen my body and I think I've become stronger and I think it's gotten easier definitely to play in the league and I'm more used to the players around me and just battling with them, yeah. So like we see the big names obviously that we watch on the TV playing in the league and um, like even to, to, to see them in action is phenomenal but like you're playing against them and like that's just a normal week for you going out playing with the biggest names in the world. Yeah, it is. Um, obviously we have four USA internationals on our team we have a Brazilian, New Zealand girl, um, Canadian, Swedish. So most of them have been at the World Cup this year. And 
it's been fantastic just to be in that environment every day um, playing against those girls. Um, you're obviously going to get better when you're surrounded by such good players and I've been learning from them and um, yeah, my game is just going to go up if, if I keep playing with them. You really, Denise, thrive in that professional environment. Like, What is it about being a professional footballer that you really love? Um, I just love the game, honestly, and it, it's my job and it's something I'll, I'll work very hard um, to get better at and I think it's just in my nature, in my family, I'm very passionate about soccer, so um, I just want to keep getting better and I, I want to make the players around me better as well. So you've been getting a lot of compliments lately, which is brilliant. Um, so Vera Pau, the women's manager, said, there is no player in the world at this moment that is a playmaker, but also the motor in winning the ball back. She has everything. What did you, what did you think when you heard that? Yeah, um, obviously it's really good to get that high praise off um, a quality coach. And um, yeah, I was very happy to see it. But um, I think for me, I'm a very uh, player, I don't know, I'm a team player and um, I'm all about the team and these players here are very important to me and I wouldn't be the player I am today without them pushing me every day and obviously the girls from The Courage doing the same thing as well. So yeah, I'm just very happy and I'll keep, I'll keep going. So let's just look at where we are now with the Ireland women's team. Uh, like in the middle of a, trying to qualify for a major tournament, Greece coming up. What's it been like in the camp? It's been really good since we came in. We've only been in since yesterday, obviously, but it's been fantastic to see all the girls again, everyone back together. Some new faces, some younger girls after coming in. Obviously, we've suffered with some injuries for this camp, but um, that just gives an opportunity for the younger girls to come up and prove themselves. So it's been a great energy, um, you know, fantastic environment here, and we're very excited to go into the Greece game. Perfect start. Like, that's unbelievable to, to be in that situation. But at the same time, like, every single point counts. And, like, often when you're going in and you're the favourites or Greece are the underdogs, that those games sometimes are the hardest ones to win. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think our group is tough and I we're not going to take any team lightly and we're definitely not going to take Greece lightly. Um, they went out and beat Montenegro 4-0 yesterday. So that just shows that they are a good team and they have threats. So... Um, we'll go out and treat this, treat this game as any other game and, um, yeah, hopefully get the three points. How confident are you that during your time, whether it be this round or the next round of qualifiers for a major tournament, that you will get to play in one? Yeah, I'm very confident and um, it's been a dream of mine, honestly, growing up uh, to get to a major tournament that hasn't been done in women's football. So with this group, it would be really special and... Um, I think this is a time where we're really good and um, we're after getting fitter, we're after improving as a team and I think this is the biggest opportunity for us to get to a major tournament so it would be, it would be special. We're sitting in Johnson House and it's lovely and like I see the football pitches around and I was chatting to Leanne Kiernan earlier and she was saying, oh, we've got new gear and we've more gear upstairs and it's great. Can you believe how far you've came just in terms of support and facilities in such a short period of time? I know, it's been fantastic. Obviously, only two years ago, two and a half years ago, we were in a difficult uh, time. Um, and it's just after coming on heaps and bounds. Um, the game has grown This in Ireland. Um, women's football is you know, going on the map and it's, it's fantastic for everyone. And we just want to keep pushing it and we want to make it better for the younger girls that are, that are going to be in this environment. You're obviously surrounded by girls who some of them are playing in England, some of them are playing in Germany, but there's some playing at home as well. What do we need to do here at home to make women's football better so that we will, next time a World Cup comes on or a Euros and we're turning it on, that Ireland will be a regular feature at them? Yeah, I think just uh, make, make it an environment where they, they can have the proper training facilities 
um, get their strength working, all that kind of stuff, I think is really important for the girls here. And um, it is it is improving. Um, obviously, the cup final was on the other day, a really good game. And I think that's the most important for, thing for them is to be in a really good environment, to have a really good training sessions and get all their strength working as well. And what about just in terms of marketing the game? Because you see it in America, obviously, it gets a huge amount of attention. And in England, the Women's League gets a lot of attention. But we're not next or near that here at home. Uh, we're not, we're not yet, but we're, I think we're making steps. Um, obviously, playing in the Aviva is fantastic for these girls here. Um, it was on TV, which is another huge step. Um, and obviously, our games are being shown on RT now as well. So I think that we are making steps, but um, we do have a long way to go, but we, we'll keep working together to make it better. Vera Powell seems to be quite invested in not only like your national team, but just football in general and um, making it better here like she did in, in the Netherlands before her. What's she like? Yeah, really good. Um, obviously, we only had this is only our second camp of Vera now, but um, when we heard she was the coach, we were all excited. Um, she's very high quality, so the the camp's been great. Sessions are being have been good, and we're really she's really organised and getting us ready for the, for the Greece uh, game. So it's been really good. So after the Greece game, then you're heading off to Australia again. What's it like down there? It's fantastic. Um, last year I went to Canberra. Um, this year I've signed for a different team, Western Sydney. So it'll be different this year, but I'm only I'm going for seven games as a guest player. Um, that suits me really well, so I can get some time off after that to go back into pre-season with the courage. But it's fantastic. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. I get to see a lot of places down there. And obviously the sun is an even, it's a bonus, obviously. Um, so I'm really excited. They have equal pay now there as well, which is phenomenal. Yeah, um, that was just a few days ago. I seen that come out on social media and it's absolutely fantastic to see. Um, I think that's four. I think that's four national teams now out of everyone that has equal pay. So, hopefully that number that number keeps going up. Is it something that you think will happen in Ireland during your time? Um, it could be. I think we have a long way to go till then. It was only two years ago when we 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 resolved everything. So, we have a long way to go. But hopefully, if not in my time, it'll be for the next generation of girls that come in. When you play in a, on nights and there's record crowds and we're looking at 20 by 20 in the work that they're doing, what does that mean to you as a young woman in the midst of this and, you know, breaking glass ceilings, changing the landscape and making things better? What does it mean for you to be part of that? Yeah, it, it means a lot. Um, 20 by 20 has been fantastic. Every time I go on Twitter or social media, they're always promoting uh, the women's game and this national team. So, um, And yeah, having that crowd against Ukraine was was it was fantastic and it's been the best atmosphere I've been in since the national team being at Tallis Stadium so hopefully they keep coming out supporting us we urge them on to do it and putting on good shows for them is, is something that means a lot to us as well so we're excited for it. Fantastic big thanks to you for joining me on the W best of luck in your Euro qualifier campaign and also with your stint in Australia share this episode of the W far and wide and don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts thanks for joining us 